um, I'm not used to speaking with apparatus in my ear, so go with me. Uh, I turned 50 this year, and so fortunately for you, I'm not going to give you how God's worked during all of those 50 years tonight, because I don't have time. Uh, so what I thought is I would just choose my childhood, because there are a lot of young people here, to tell you how God worked when I was a child. Because Jesus said that you have to become like a child to enter the kingdom of God. But a lot of kids think that you have to become like an adult to enter the kingdom of God because they don't understand what the adults are saying about the kingdom of God. But it's the other way around. If you're a young person tonight, God has made you in a special way to be able to respond to him. So I don't want you to wait to make that decision. I want you to think about how God is calling you tonight to live a full life for him. I like to say that I was raised in a home with three mothers. And if you have older sisters, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was the youngest and uh, my sisters were quite a bit older than me. And so they kind of lorded it over me a bit. And they had authority when my parents were gone, which I hated. They, David, you do this, don't do this. And just a lot of tension there. We didn't have a terrible relationship, but uh, I, I really hated that about being the youngest in my family. Maybe you're a youngest person. If you're a youngest person in your family... You're in good company. You know, in the Bible, David was the youngest in his family. And I, I took comfort in that. One day I was walking home from kindergarten with my friend Jack Cook and a friend of his who was a girl, which was odd. <laughs> we were walking and we were playing. We were walking about on a wall about this size right here, just about this size of a wall. It divided two lawns, uh, kind of an upper level lawn and a lower lawn. And my friend Jack pushed me, and I just got angry like that, and I pushed him back. And he fell off the wall, and he was okay, but he lost his wind. You know, when you lose your wind, you can't breathe for a little while. And we all know that if you just relax, then the wind comes back. But when you're five, six years old... The only conclusion I could make was from the fact that my friend wasn't breathing was that he was dying and I would be responsible for his death. And, and in those bre brief seconds while we waited to see if Jack would breathe again or not, the truth of Jesus' words in Matthew 5, even though I hadn't heard them, that even if you're angry with your brother, you're guilty of murder those words, that truth hit my heart because I realized if Jack didn't start breathing again, I would be culpable for murder in the state of California and I would have to go to prison according to my understanding. That was all going through my mind at six years old and thankfully Jack started breathing again and we had a great day. My sister, my oldest sister, 
Something happened to her in those years. She heard the gospel through a radio program and she professed Jesus Christ. And I saw a change in my sister who I had had these problems with before. And I remember one time she went away. This was back in the 70s. God was doing a lot of things in the youth in the 70s. And she went to a conference. And I remember I got a, a letter in the mail from her. And I was astounded. The only time I ever got mail was on my birthday. This wasn't my birthday. And not only did I get a letter, but I got a letter from my sister. And I, and I read it. And, and it was a nice letter. And it mystified me that my sister would write me a letter to, to love me. That was a complete mystery. And she kept doing stuff like that. She came home from this conference. She gave me uh, a little squeezy blue. Uh, it had liquid in it. It was thick liquid. And it, it, it looked kind of cool when you squeezed it around. And I couldn't believe that I got a letter and a present from my sister, and it wasn't my birthday. And as I watched her, the more I watched her, I wanted to become just like her. I thank God that even though my mom wasn't a believer, she took us to Sunday school every week. And even though uh, because of the theology of my church, I heard the gospel, but no one told me I was supposed to respond to it. So I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that Jesus Christ died for my sin. I knew that he was born, that he was raised from the dead. But, but I didn't realize that it required a response on my part. So I thought I was this little Christian. Around the same time, my mother, through a Bible study, came to know Jesus Christ. And in third grade, I memorized the 23rd Psalm and I got a Bible. And I started reading that Bible, but I didn't understand anything in the King James Bible in third grade. And so I stopped at about Genesis 3. But my mom and my sister would talk and talk and talk about God. And I couldn't figure out why they would never include me in the conversations. And so one day, a little peeved, I said, to my, I said to my mom, I said, well, mom, I'm a Christian, aren't I? And she said, I don't know, David. Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? No one had ever asked me that before. And I paused. And in the pause, I prayed, Jesus, I trust you as my Lord and Savior. <laughs> and I said, yes, mom, I have. That sounds like a, a funny way to say a prayer, but I tell you, Jesus did something in my heart when I prayed to him. And I knew that he was working. I didn't understand really what that meant. But, but I did know that he died for my sins and that he rose again and he, he cleaned that slate. He cleaned that dead. I, I should be in prison if my... Friend Jack had died, I should be in prison by the law of California. But by God's law, I should be in hell. 
for my lust, for my anger, for attitudes that I had as a young boy. I understood that. And so I wasn't sure how big, how much sin does that sacrifice cover? And did it really cover me all the way? And I would have a game that I played with myself when I came home from school. I would go into the kitchen door. My mom taught nobody would be home. And we had a screen door in the front. And I would open up the screen door and I would run into the kitchen. And I would say, if I'm in the kitchen before the screen door shuts, I'm saved. And I always got there before it shut. I made sure that I could win that game. But I I had this concern, is Christ's work really big enough to cover it all? And one day, again in Sunday school, a girl was doing a report on the life of David, one of my heroes, personal heroes. And I had understood about lust, about anger and murder, and about lust and adultery. And those were on the top of my list. And she explained how King David, having committed adultery, having murdered, went to God and was forgiven by God. He was declared righteous. He was clean. And I knew that if, 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 if God could do that for that David, he could do it for this David. As uh, I entered high school, I went to a Bible camp, kind of like this, and I heard really for the first time good Bible teaching on salvation. And I understood what the term Lord meant. To call Jesus Christ Lord is to make him the boss of your life. And so at that camp, I decided I, I wanted to make Jesus the boss of my life. I wanted to follow him. That was the response that he called for. When he went to each of the disciples, what did he say? He didn't give them a big gospel. He just said, follow me. And they got up and they followed him. And I was going into high school. I was with some some not so good friends. They were going in in in, in a direction I knew was wrong. And I knew that for me in that camp, that decision to follow him meant not to spend so much time in their activities. And so I had to cut that down. And that was, for me, the hardest thing in my life because they were my life. They were my friends that I'd grown up from kindergarten with. And I just realized we're going different directions. And God gave me the strength to do that. And he gave me the strength. He gave us the love to still be friends. That didn't mean... They weren't friends anymore. It just mean I, I couldn't be involved in, in all their activities. So, I just want you to know if you're a young person, it's not difficult. Jesus came. You're a sinner. You've done things wrong. You've, you've said things you shouldn't. You haven't always obeyed your parents with all your heart. You haven't always loved your brothers and sisters with all your heart, have you? And so the Bible says the payment for those things is death. But Jesus came and he welcomed children so that we 
could be with him forever and ever. And that gives purpose to my life. It gives peace to my life. And I remember one, uh, one night, I spent the night with a friend. And uh, this is before the camp. But I remember we did everything that we just thought would be the funnest things to do. He had older sisters. They begged for us. We had food. We had TV. We had no bedtime. We knocked out the night watching TV, eating uh, Rice Krispie bars until we couldn't hold anymore and we just fell asleep. And I woke up the next morning not feeling so well. And I thought to myself, and I felt completely empty. And I thought to myself, I have done everything that I wanted to do, and I am empty. I have nothing. And it helped me realize the only things worth pursuing are the things about God. Those are the things that last forever. And the things we pursue for ourselves, they just go away. It doesn't even last a night. And God gave me purpose. His purpose to love other people. So I've just got a couple more minutes. So I told you the great thing about growing up as a kid, you have a special ability to receive God that a lot of adults lose. So I want you to think about that. There's a not so great thing growing up as a church kid. All right. And that's called religious pride. And there's a whole group in the Bible that I kind of used to bypass when I read about them. But now I pay very careful attention And they are the Pharisees. And when uh, you're little or you're grown up and you start pursuing the things of God, it's very easy to fall into the trap of the Pharisees, to be proud of what you're doing. And I fell into that trap. And I, I would do things and I would be very proud that I wasn't like my friends. And, and, I didn't really know that about myself. It took me years to see that. You can memorize large portions of the Bible as we encourage our kids in Awana to do. You can win all of the Sunday school records. You can be the best camper. And and you can still not know Jesus. And all those things, if you're doing them for yourself, then they don't count. And one of the things I saw in my Bible camp as I was listening to Jesus as Lord is that I'd have to throw all of those things I did for him away in a sense. I'd have to say I I can't count those for my salvation because only Jesus counts for salvation. Here's the thing about Jesus. I was worried about my sins. There's no such thing as, as uh, you think you, your sin is too big to keep you out of the kingdom. All of our sins keep us out of the kingdom. And then you think there's no number of works, of things you can do to get you into the kingdom. There's only one thing that gets you into the kingdom, and that's what Jesus did. He died on the cross for us. So, Thank you for letting me share. I just want to say I've never, ever regretted that decision to follow Jesus. 
I've never, ever looked back and, and I look at the lives of my friends that I grew up with. I wouldn't want any of their lives. I praise God for the life he's given me. I praise God for the family he's given me. I praise God for the ministry he's given me. So thanks for letting me share that tonight.